Hey, Selena. Hey, Nikki. How are you? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I needed to say something. I'm Here, good. Welcome to this week's Extra Sugar. There was no way we were going to be able to have an extra sugar for this episode and not talk about immigration and U.S. citizenship. <laughs> that too. Citizenship. As we talked about at length this week with the threat of deportation looming, Suzanne hatched a foolproof plan for Anthony to pretend to be Consuela so he could do everything needed for her to become a citizen. Consuela and Anthony and even Suzanne's struggle in this episode is really real. For this segment, we're going to talk about process. So what is citizenship? How do you get it? I'm going to throw a couple numbers at you, Selena, because that's fun time. I like numbers as long as I'm not tested on numbers. Well... Selena, how do you feel about taking a test today? I feel like it's in the cards. It's in the cards. It's mm-hmm. it's like top card. And we're not going to shuffle it out for another card like we did in our trivia segment. You're doing it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to do the civics test portion of um, the citizenship interview. Okay. We'll talk about it in a second. Okay. So we're going to call this segment 10 Simple Steps to the American Dream. <laughs> I went to the, um, this is sort of an aside, I went to the U.S. immigration webpage and was looking at like how to become a citizen, how to become a citizen. And how's and it, their usability? It says, um, in order to become a U.S. citizen, it's only 10 simple steps or 10 short steps away. And you always say that. I don't know if you even know that you say it, but you'll be like, and in 50 simple steps, I can show you how to make toast. I hate it so <laughs> It was much. the first thing I thought of. And I was like, I have to frame this whole segment around these 10 simple steps. That is so government. <laughs> in these four, t- actually, that's pretty good though. That's actually reasonable. I think it's 14 steps for a government action. It's, it is a, it's a round number. <laughs> It is less than 100. (laughs) And actually, once we get into the steps, because I will walk through all 10 steps, I think there are a couple that could have been collapsed. Did you become naturalized for this segment? I did, and that, but thank you for spoiling my ending. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. Um, So to get into it, I found some statistics suggesting that every year about 860,000 U.S. green card holders apply for citizenship by naturalization. That's not as high as I thought it would be. Really? Almost a million people a year? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not good with numbers. It's true. It's true. Like, what is the U.S. population? 330 million, I think. 330, 350, something like that. 300 something. All right. Well, that wasn't part of my segment, but here we are. So for anyone who doesn't know, naturalization is the process by which a lawful permanent resident becomes a U.S. citizen after living in the U.S. for a period of time. Uh, It's usually three to five years. I think it errs for most people on the side of five. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to say everything in sort of like roundabouts because there are exceptions to the rules. So this segment is not how to get you to be a U.S. citizen. It's just to know about it. What are we here for (laughs) then? (laughs) So one statistic that surprised me is that the success rate for naturalization is somewhere in the 96% zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a little surprising, honestly. And only like 3% of applicants have to, quote, retake the test or like redo everything. Mm-hmm. It's a small number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was mostly surprised by that because of the infamous, quote, civics test. That's the thing that Suzanne takes at the end of the episode and barely passed. Mm-hmm. Does it sound familiar to you, this concept that most Americans couldn't pass the test to become a citizen? Absolutely. And it sounds familiar to me that most people 
who are not from America know more about America than Americans. That's right. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was that was sort of the impetus for this entire segment was that it's generally known that most Americans could not pass the test about being an American. I, that's why I'm scared. It's wild. Yeah. So the test I'm talking about, this, this um, civics test I'm talking about, gauges your knowledge of U.S. history and government. Um, and as we've just said, most people wouldn't pass it as Americans. So for anyone who doesn't know basic citizen, citizenship rights, that word is so incredibly challenging for me. <laughs> basic rights of being a U.S. citizen are the right to a passport, the right to leave and return the country or countries of citizenship, the right to live in that country, and the right to work in that country. Um, some countries allow citizens to hold multiple citizenships, but others require exclusive allegiance. The U.S. allows citizens to hold multiple citizenships. Um, naturalization allows immigrants to hold the same right as natural-born citizens, with one exception, I believe, which is to be the president. In order to be the president, that. you have to yeah. be natural-born. Um, but like jury duty, to be called for jury duty, you have to be a U.S. citizen. So, so all the crappy stuff. You do, do with that information what you will. <laughs> you still get that pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... One thing I stumbled across in my research, which was kind of interesting, was that there are two, there's like a lot about naturalization. And as I was reading these things, this really stuck out to me. There are two countries which deny any naturalization path for immigrants. Mm -hmm. Myanmar or Myanmar and Uruguay or Uruguay. Hmm. Um, in Uruguay, you can be a legal citizen without being a national. Uh, it's the only country in the world that recognizes a person's right to citizen citizenship without being a national. Um the country considers your country of birth to be your nationality, and they consider that to be unchangeable. However, you can have rights as a, as a citizen under a specific process. I need a code. I knew I shouldn't have given you so much liquor before we started this episode. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of bureaucracy and legalese behind this, but practically, I just wanted to make the point that this introduces a really practical passport issue for Uruguayan citizens who aren't nationals. So there's um, a nationality field on your passport. Um, and so Uruguayan citizens can have a passport that lists their nationality as another country. Okay. So it could say, you know, it's a Uruguayan passport, but it could say American mm -hmm. as the nationality. And many countries don't accept passports issued by a country that declares the holder as a national of another country. Oh, well, that's, that is tricky. Yay, right? Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> sort of stuck. Yeah, super helpful. Another thing I found that was sort of interesting uh, was about the history of the naturalization process. Essentially, in the early part of the 20th century, globalization led to massive increases in population shifts. So people were moving in ways they never had before. And then World War I left a lot of people stateless, and they weren't citizens of any state as a result of the war. Um, so up to that point in history, naturalization laws had been developed for like a small number of people who willingly moved from one country to another. So countries were massively unprepared to accommodate naturalizing large numbers of people at one time. So some countries actually passed mass nationalization laws to accompany to accommodate large groups of people at one time. That's very recent and modern. It is. Yeah. By default, the U.S. Constitution kind of automatically builds in a mass nationalization process, and that's because the 14th Amendment grants citizenship only to those who are born or naturalized in the U.S., and only Congress holds the power of naturalization. So any act of Congress that expands the rights of citizenship can be considered mass nationalization, naturalization. So for instance, there was an act that extended citizenship to the citizens of Puerto Rico. So that was 
I think, our most recent example of mass nationalization. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. I also, one other thing I just added in yesterday because I came across this and thought it was interesting. Don't tell us how the sausage is made. Sorry, guys. (laughs) The mass naturalization of Native people in occupied territories is illegal under the laws of war. Um, So that's the Hague and Geneva Conventions. But it has happened even as recently as the 20th century. I won't go into because... Honestly, the World War II geopolitics confuses me a little bit, Mm -hmm. but there was a little bit of a skirmish between Russia and Poland, where Russia basically annexed Poland, and so that would be an example of this very illegal thing that happened. A little history of that, history of this. Well, there's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, So I wanted to touch on all that process sort of around the world, but let's head back to the U.S. Okay. Since that's where Anthony and I guess... um, by extension, Consuela, we're experiencing in this episode. That's good, because I'm starting to get sweaty about this test. So you got a couple more minutes to start breathing okay. deeply. Okay. So in the U.S., becoming a citizen is a brief 10-step process, as we've discussed, for right. those who are eligible. So to be eligible, you have to be 18 years old when you apply. You must be able to read, write, and speak basic English. And you must be, quote, of good moral character. You also need to be either, one, a lawful permanent, re- like, no felonies, no jail time, Okay. Not being a member of So a, they do define it. I think so. Okay. Because I'm like, well, yeah. who's morals? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they define it. Okay. There's some things. Okay. Don't be killing people. Got it. That's correct. All right. Um, so you also either need to be one, a lawful permanent resident of five years. So that means a green card holder married to a U.S. citizen. That's a long time. A U.S. military service member. This blew my mind. You can be a U.S. military service member and not be a citizen. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? Well, you know, militarily speaking, mercenaries and all that. Mm. A long history of that in the world. But yes, that is crazy. Uh, and Or also the child of a U.S. citizen. Okay. So to start on the 10 steps. Oh, oh God, Step those weren't one. the 10 steps? <laughs> Step one. Double check first that you're not already a U.S. citizen. Okay. You could potentially have been born one or be eligible because of your parents. So before you start on the process, make sure you meet the process. (laughs) Hey, man, if you get to step 10 and realize you should have started at step one, I can't help you. I mean, I guess it's like reminding somebody to put their name on the form. That's correct. Okay. It needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you're eligible for naturalization. Prepare, this is step three, prepare your N-400 form for naturalization. Like I said, some of these- it's harder there. Uh, Yeah. Slows down. And it's the shortest one. (laughs) Do the form. It's going to take you seven and a half years. Um, Number four, submit your form and pay your fees because freedom ain't what? Free. That's right. For what it's worth, it's like way not free. Uh, It's like $745 if you need what's going to come up in the next step. It's 600 something if you don't need the next step. Okay. So the next step is a biometrics appointment, which is basically fingerprinting. Which everyone needs. Not everyone, actually. People over 75 years old don't need fingerprints. Okay. Because they didn't have fingerprints? I think that's right. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. And those who are joining under the military umbrella. Okay. I'm guessing that's because they've already already had their prints. You're already on the. Okay. How kind. It's so funny that was your first question you asked because I was like, well, who doesn't need fingerprints? I'm going to be in that category. What I didn't do is double check why people 75 and older. I just figured. It's, it's fine. Right. It's just a kindness. We're not worried we're about, them. we're not worried about them. Just not yeah. worried. They're going to be just they're fine. Not, they're not long for this world. Thank you, America. <laughs> All right. Step six. 
complete your naturalization interview. During this interview is when you take that civics test and you also take an English test. Okay. That's the one I'd be worried about if I didn't speak English. English is hard. Yeah. I mean, there are days where I'm not oh, doing 100%. My best, 100%. And I did read for what it's worth on this one that you can go to there are all kinds of services that offer um English lessons or that will um prepare you for this civics test. And I saw one actually while we were in Key West. I saw a, a naturalization tutoring service or something. So, um they exist if people up? need help. I did not. Hmm. I didn't want to cheat. It's not really dedicated to this segment, are you? I didn't want to <laughs> cheat, Selena. <laughs> Step seven is get a decision on your N-400 form. So that's that step Suzanne had right at the end. Okay, okay. These aren't bad. Some of these aren't bad. It's not bad. So, well, I mean. I mean, it is. It is. Okay. <laughs> it's a process. Because I've heard firsthand accounts of it before, and it's pretty rough. But. And there, to that point. But these 10 name steps. That's correct. On paper aren't as bad as I thought they were. To that point, the eligibility piece for that one step of determining your eligibility, that can be like seven sub-steps because how long you've lived here, where you lived, what sort of visa you were on, what you did, that that all can get really complicated really fast. This is not that segment. Not to mention, it's like, I'm just imagining government employees pushing this paperwork. They really care a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. They really want to help you. I their number one goal in life is it, to make sure you get what you need. It's just the DMV for the country. <laughs> Social Security <laughs> office is worse. <laughs> I had to take Carolina there. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so if your N-400 form is accepted and you've passed your uh, interview, that's when you go, uh, you get your notice to go take your oath of citizenship. That's step eight. Step nine is actually taking your oath of citizenship. And then step 10, <laughs> they suggest you learn your rights of citizenship. Okay. Don't you feel like that's where you would start to determine if this is all worth it? Right. (laughs) Got you now. (laughs) Okay. So I mentioned at the top of the segment uh, that the civics test portion is the the mythical part I feel like we mostly talk about. Yeah. Uh, Only 30% of Americans could pass that portion of the naturalization process. And to pass the test, you have to score a 60%. Suzanne scored a 75% and they said that um, she was like one point above or whatever. It's actually 60%. And let that sink in for a second. Just one third of Americans could get a 60% on this test. We're just, we're just not doing our best. And the thing is, is that when I'm thinking about people who I do think know more about America, it's not like they don't know things about where they're from too, you know? Right. Yeah. Because they spent their entire life learning what whatever the version of georgia this is, history is this is rhetorical okay i don't expect this to be in your notes but like what happened like what happens how is this possible that we know so little you go through you have to take history every year in school we just we just don't i have retain. theories oh, okay. um i think some of it's retention mm-hmm. i think some of it is the way we teach is so um is didactic the right word like it's memorization mm-hmm. versus for someone like me For me to retain something, it almost has to be logical. It has to be a logic process that I can rework in my head. Or something tethered. Tethered to something. Exactly right. Exactly right. And then there are some things that almost become mythical, like 1776. Most Americans probably remember that date. But do they remember that maybe that's not like the important date to know? Maybe the important date to know is ratification of the Constitution. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And when did that happen? And what it, what is ratification? And what's the Constitution? Like all these things that like you did. And where forever. am I? 
What's America? Anyway, um, so that one in three stat about um, passing that test came from a 2018 survey of a thousand randomly selected Americans. Um, it also, some of my other favorite results from this survey, 72% of respondents either incorrectly identified or were unsure of which states were part of the 13 original colonies. Mm. Only 24%. Just stick to the East, guys. You it's just, stick to the East. yeah. Only 24% could correctly identify one thing Benjamin Franklin was famous for. 37% thought he invented the light bulb. While most knew the cause of the Cold War, 2% said climate change. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And right. then there were alarming age hey, disparities. They care about climate change, and that's something. something. They know the word. <laughs> The phrase, those 65 and older scored the best. 74% answered at least six out of 10 questions correctly. You could argue maybe they were closer in proximity to the time frame that most of these questions are asking about. Benjamin Franklin? Yes. Well, that's true. You could argue that, yeah. For those under 45, only 19% passed the test. Oh, boy. 81% scored 59% or lower. Mm, that's, That's tough. A follow-up survey found differences by state. Oh, no. (laughs) In the South, we did the best. Go on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Among Americans from all 50 states in D.C., only those from Vermont were able to pass the test. Only a quarter of those under the age of 45 were able to pass. This is based on a a follow-up 2019 survey. Uh, Nationally, only 4 in 10 passed the exam. Georgians were the sixth lowest performers. So it's better than last place. That's somewhere with like our health stats too. So mm-hmm. it, it all sort of comes together, doesn't yeah, it? sure does. Uh, my home state of South Carolina was only two notches ha- higher. Uh, and possibly, as you just alluded to, unsurprisingly, uh, the lowest performing states were disproportionately Southern. Mm. Or do, uh, I, it's like you're terrifying me before we take this test. I think it's a learning opportunity, though. Yeah, I do, too. I I do think, to your point, like, we learned all of this growing up. But you figure you started maybe in, like, my my daughter's learned some things in first grade. So let's say first grade, if you can retain first grade, until maybe, like, 10th or 11th when you take that last, like, civics class or geography or whatever it is. Um, And then you don't talk about it again for, like, a really long time. Because you go off to college and maybe you take a geography class unless you exempted from AP or something. But otherwise, you're not really talking about these basic American facts. I don't know that it's really fair to hold people to the standard that they're going to remember this stuff they learned their whole lives. Um, But I think it's important then to take that opportunity and say, dang, maybe I should really remember what the Constitution is if I'm going to argue something's unconstitutional. Or like, you know, I feel like it's probably more valuable for us to spend more time on true civics than like bull run. Yeah. You know, like that's great. And I and I do like and I love history Um, and I think that's important. But like. You need to know what the three branches of government are. But that's and the you part. you need to know why. That's the part that's hardest to hold people's attention. That's why only a subsect of Americans are bureaucrats and politicians, because there's only a small proportion who we really care to understand how it works. Yeah. The rest of us are just content to trust that somebody else more knowledgeable knows it. Oh, you just described life, man. So life. this test could either make us feel good about ourselves, make us feel bad about ourselves, or we could take it as a neutral and take it as a learning opportunity. I like the learning opportunity. Yeah. I just, and I feel like I just want to throw in there that like, 
it's like a serious issue though. Like, I mean, the path to citizenship is long. Ten um, steps. I think ten steps. And I think people like I mean, I've just seen like uh, news programs and stuff on it before or like like where they describe how many years and how long like and I think there's and the reason I bring that up is because I think that there is this thought that people are just skipping over the system and it's so easy. Oh, yeah. But I just think that in addition to maybe the fact that we could amp up our civil knowledge, like we could also amp up our knowledge in that area, too, so that we could maybe be a little bit more empathetic to people. I'm glad you brought that up because I think to me inherently, uh, the fact that you need to speak basic English, English is a terrifying language. It is really challenging to learn. And so people have to speak basic English to take this test. So there is inherently a step of learning in there. Mm -hmm. On top of that, they have to understand basic English but I would argue that early civics, early American history is not, not basic, basic English. All. Constitution no. is a very long word. Mm -hmm. Length alone, that's a challenging word. So um, yes, on the one hand, just like once you've gotten to the point of being able to apply for naturalization, it's it's hard. But even the steps before that, you have to navigate a system that is built in a way that Americans have trouble navigating it. Born Americans, I should say, like born and raised in this system I have trouble going to the DMV, to your point earlier. I have trouble going to the Social Security office and making sure I have the right forms. They say crap like N-400 form. Like that means anything to me. Right. I don't know what an or N-400 form is. Yeah. I can Google it as well as the next person, but then I'm lost in a labyrinth of government websites. So none of it is easy. If you are a natural born American and you can walk right into the Social Security office and get your daughter's name changed with no trouble, then you can tell me how easy it is for these people to become citizens. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you, I'm educated. I'm just a generally, I like to think worldly wise, smart person. I can't do those things easily. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's easy. Yeah. And I will tell you too, that, um, you know, um, I've just the fingerprinting alone, and this is like not for citizenship, but if you're here on a green card, you have to get your fingerprints done once a year. And it's like, $900 a year. Oh my God. That's a lot of money. You know, the other thing that as I was putting this segment together, but I didn't know all the specifics, so I don't want to bring it up, but like families do get torn apart in this system. Um, and so like I used to work with someone who was married to someone who was not a U.S. citizen. And um, again, educated, worldly wise, um, and they had so much trouble navigating what made him eligible or how to keep him eligible that he ended up being deported for an amount of time mm -hmm. and back to an island that was so rampant with crime that I believe he was mugged within his first day of being back there. Mm -hmm. So then she's separated by an ocean and some states from her husband scary. while they try to navigate the system. Yeah. So I understand that even on the government side, immigration is challenging because it's a checks and balances, right? Like it's a careful balance of making sure we're not overpopulated, mm -hmm. making sure that we're allowing people to come who are going to be good citizens and worthy of the name of an American citizen. But then there's the family side of it and the person side of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I think that's, so, it's so interesting that you brought up too, like when, um, like 
when all these laws started to happen around World War One, because as, as you were talking about some of this, and I was thinking about the complicated systems, and I'm like, so at some point in time, we have to think about like this even being an issue. It has to become an issue. Then we react to it. We're largely a reactive planet, right? And so some societies are more reactive or proactive than others. But, you know, um, like just thinking about how complicated a system has to be in the first place to get to this point, it's just a lot. It makes me want to nap. And I str- I struggle because I'm constantly torn between like wanting America, America to be better and being like a really strong patriot because I am. I'm like probably one of the more patriotic people who's also critical of the system. Mm-hmm. And it's also the great experiment for a reason. America is building as we go. I think you said something really important there. Well, a couple of important things. Both Thank of you. those actually. Generally speaking, Everything you're saying important. is important. Uh-huh. Yes, good job. <laughs> um, but what I was really going to say is Contrary to what some people believe, you can be critical of the system and highly patriotic. And maybe, just maybe, that makes you the most patriotic of all. Because wanting to hold a place to a high standard to do good things and make the right choices feels like a check mark in my book. It doesn't mean that you're somehow against your own country because you want more for it. Honestly, that's how I feel about the South. Mm, You're right. I want more for us. I want us to do better than sixth lowest. But we also have to strive for that as well. Which is why I go nap after this. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do, Selena, you have the link to this practice test. We're going to take the practice test. Um, You're going to escort me out of the country. I would in cups. Okay. Great. Um, we're going to just, we're going to record this whole thing while we take it. It's okay. Be so good. So I, I want to tell the people that I may decide to fast forward a little bit, or we may just keep it just as it is. It's we'll just, just like see what the listening. 100. Good job. See how the listening goes. Okay. I'm ready. You're right. I'm not. Oh, okay. Don't start. Okay. I guess it doesn't matter. It's not timed. All right. Ready? But we're just going to, yeah. Just take it. Okay. But Set. talk out loud. Yeah. If you okay. want to. All right. Go floating you don't have to talk through everyone just anything that is like challenging for you okay oh that's so my first question is about the judicial branch what does it do oh yeah our questions are different okay and my first question is who is the chief justice of the united states now oh dang (laughs) i wasn't expecting that one um so i thought we might start off softer (laughs) but biden was the first option so now, one important caveat I was reading yes. to Selena just before oh, we started. Yeah. Apparently, the actual test is not multiple choice. According to this webpage, something else I had, which is a government webpage, something else I had read indicated it was multiple choice. So what yeah. we're taking is multiple choice. And who even knows then? I just don't even know. <laughs> Have you answered yours yet? I answered my first one. I'm on to the second one. Okay. Are we saying if we got it correct or not? Yeah, we can. Oh, okay. I got it correct. Oh, good. It's 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 John G. Roberts Jr. Ah, well done. How many amendments does the Constitution have is my next one. Okay. And mine is, when must all men register for the selective service? Hmm. I got mine right. It's 27. Uh, This one's a little tough for me. When must all men register for the selective service? And that's the draft. Right. Yep, I got it wrong. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm a woman. Mine is, who is the first president? Oh, that's a good one. George Washington. Do you want to know when you have to register if you're a man? Is it 
18 to 25? 26. Ah. Yeah. But I thought we didn't have the draft anymore. You're going to cut all this, right? I don't know. What do you mean we have the draft? We do. You have to register for selective service. They don't necessarily have the draft enabled. Enabled. Okay. Well, that's a... Now we're just playing dicey with the terms. We elect a U.S. senator for how many years? Six. Mm-hmm. And a representative for two? Two. Okay. Was that your question? Yeah. Jeez. Thanks for helping me. But I was I was going to say two anyway. <laughs> Name one U.S. territory. I'm going with Guam. Sounds good. Right. What is the name of the Speaker of the House of Representatives now? It's not Joseph Biden. It's not Chuck's. Schumer anymore. Oh, it's Kevin now. Old Kevy. Old McCarthy. I knew that one. Mine was about what the Declaration of Independence did. What? Oh. Now it's broad. what did the Emancipation Proclamation do? Oh. You're going to say your answers? Oh, the first one was declared our independence from Great Britain. <laughs> Second one was freed the slaves. How many justices are on the Supreme Court? Well, you know, that's up for debate right now. But currently it's nine. I mean, it's not up for debate, but there's a lot of people who think maybe we should change that. When is the last day you can send in federal income tax forms? Well, okay, so it's April 15th, but you can apply for an extension. That's correct. What happened at the Constitutional Convention? Is the Constitution written? Sounds right. What's the other options? That's it. The Constitution was written. I'm like, keep going. Who do we show loyalty to when we say the Pledge of Allegiance? To the United States, States of America. America. To and the to the Republic, you know, for which it stands. stands. Uh, when do we celebrate Independence Day? I like this one. <laughs> July 4th. Who was that. president during the Great Depression and World War II? Ooh. Oh, I know that Is one. Is it Roosevelt? FDR, baby. Yeah. There are four amendments to the Constitution about who can vote. Describe one of them. Citizens by birth only can vote. Only citizens with a job can vote. Citizens 17 and older can vote. Citizens 18 and older can vote. I'm going to go with D. I just got your selective services question. You're welcome for helping you get that right. (laughs) Name of the vice president. Uh, one right or freedom from the first amendment but what if they made you go like six vice presidents back like how i mean this is what i'm saying yeah you'd really just like not probably do well on that i wouldn't vice presidents are hard sorry but they are mine was one right or freedom from the first amendment i chose freedom of speech it's complicated that freedom of speech what is the political party of the presidents now president now republican green democrat or independent Go a Democrat. What do we show loyalty to when we say the Pledge of Allegiance? So I just got yours. Hold on one sec. What do we call the first 10 amendments to the Constitution? I almost clicked the Declaration of Independence. That was close. The Bill of Rights? That was close. (laughs) I think it's the Bill of Rights. It is. I almost panicked. That one, it's just the civil service, or not the civil service, but the the draft I didn't know about. Selective service. Thank you. Yeah. All I know is like sometimes that comes up on forms you have to fill out, but I don't pay any attention to it because it says men. <laughs> it's the one thing we get to ignore. Yeah. You have to remind your husband you to handle select it. this. I have PMS. Um, 
name the U.S. war between the North and the South. Well, we are very familiar with this one in Georgia history that we take about 17 times. That would be the Civil War. In what month do we vote for the president? November. November. <laughs> See, this is one. Okay. When was the Constitution written? Written. Well, give me the years and uh, I've lost them. The answer is 1787. Okay. Yeah. See, that's yeah. where that's that stuff of like 1776. It has nothing to do. Has with nothing either. to do with that's it. Right. I'm done. Oh, you're done. Oh, that was my last one. I got a hundred. But that's because you listen to my. The Federalist Papers supported the passage of the U.S. Constitution. Name one of the writers: John Adams, James Madison, George Washington, or Thomas Jefferson. I want to say I'm down to John Adams or Thomas I was Jefferson. Gonna, I was going to say Adams. Jefferson. James Madison. Oh, dang. My goodness. See, this is Why is mine harder? Mm. We elect a U.S. senator for how many years? We've been there. Six. Uh, what is freedom of religion? Okay, you can or you cannot. I, I might get to pass this. I I'm almost done. You're fine. Who did the United States fight in World War II? Uh, Austria, Hungary, Japan, and Germany, Japan, China, and Vietnam, the Soviet Union, Germany, Germany, and Italy, Japan, Germany, and Italy. Nope. Japan, Germany, and Italy. Sorry, I was going all, I know it. I'm not, I'm not speaking up anymore. And then there were 13 original states, name three. Good luck, sucker. That it, yeah. Well, you know, in all fairness, I could see how this could be a little hard. I think some of those like Kentucky hard. ones are a little difficult. But I'm going to go with Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina. Yep. Um, under our Constitution, some powers belong to the federal government. What is one power of the federal government? To provide schooling and education, to provide protection by the police, to declare war, or to issue driver's licenses. I know Congress can declare a war, and that's written into the Constitution. So I'm going to go with that one. Yep. Who makes federal laws? The president, Congress, the Supreme Court, or the states? It's not the states. Nope. Not the president. Nope. It's not the Supreme Court. Nope. It's Congress. I have to really think about this. How a bill becomes a law. You got 100, didn't you? I did. Well, you got some wrong with me. <laughs> I did. That's true. Got an 85. But you passed. I did. I passed. So that's the point. Yeah. You passed. Now, that said though, I it would it Some would be a little itchy. remiss of me not to mention again if this were not an actual multiple choice test. Holy shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. I'm s I'm still sweating about the James Madison articles of Me too. The Republic, just on the right side. Articles of Federation, whatever. <laughs> it's just tough. Just on the right. So I I feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I think that goes to show one, like we said, if that hadn't been multiple choice, that would have been really challenging. Two, I think many of us owe it to ourselves to go back and learn some of these things. I personally don't think it really matters who wrote some of these things because mm -hmm. I don't know anything about them. Um, so then I'd have to learn about them, which may be a bridge too far. <laughs> learn something, learn Hot something, take. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> What Would do you, you want me to do? Just do a designing women. What do they want me to learn? <laughs> here's a lesson. Here's a lesson. Here's a lesson. Undo it. <laughs> I learned from the best. Do you feel like a citizen now? I feel like a citizen most days, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I pay my taxes. I, yeah. A lot of. 
It does feel like I'm surprised they don't bake that in somehow. Like, but what do you know about taxes? That's they don't even teach us about taxes in school because if they had, then we would we would have the power. So with that, we'll come to the end of this week's extra sugar. If you take the test, report back to us. We want to hear whether or not we're alone, whether you're in with us as, I guess, passers or not with us. That's right. But if you're going to say something about the selective service, I just don't want to hear it. Because she's a woman. It doesn't matter to her. You know the drill. You can follow along with us and engage on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, TikTok Sweet Tea TV Pod. Our email address is sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube. I left that one out. Sorry, guys. We're on YouTube. Sweet Tea and TV. At 43971-Form409-B. <laughs> Our website is www.sweetteatv.com. And come back next week for a brand new Sweet Tea and TV take on designing women. This has been this week's Extra Sugar. <laughs>